The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they all saw him, they worshipped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, until the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters, today we celebrate Trinity Sunday, which always calls to mind this is like my first preaching anniversary liturgically. 17 years ago when I was a deacon, the first Mass I preached was Trinity Sunday, so I'll try not to give the same homily I gave that day. But it is a beautiful feast day that we celebrate immediately following Pentecost. Last week we celebrated the coming of the Holy Spirit. And today we sort of step back as we've entered into ordinary time to reflect on the fact that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and really the question I think for us to ponder in our hearts is, is why does that matter to us? You know, why does that matter to us? It is what makes us uniquely Christian, right? It's what makes Christianity unique. If you take world religions class in college, you, you basically learn about the three monotheistic religions, the three religions that believe in one God, which are Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. But Christianity is the only, the only that believes that God is one God in three persons. That from all eternity, God has been a communion of persons. And it's the way that we pray all of the time, right? Every time we walk into church, we might bless ourselves with holy water and say in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You know, before and after all of our prayers, we make the sign of the cross to remember the Trinity the form that we use in all of the prayers for the Mass is, is always starts off Father, because we address all of our prayer to the Father. And then we say, we ask this through Jesus Christ, your Son. So it's to the Father, through the Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. And that's how we pray, and we, and we reflect on these three roles that these three persons have. 
When Pope Benedict is reflecting, there's this article he writes about abortion, and I quote it all of the time. It's sort of the, the like foundational quote of, of my priesthood. And, and he talks about being created in the image of God, who is a trinity. And, and he uses this terminology to point out that there are three different kinds of love in the trinity. And, and so he talks about how the father is a being for. So the father is for the son. So the father's way of loving is to completely pour himself out for another. And, and it's always and only this sort of active giving of himself or this sacrificing of himself. The son is a being from the father. And so, so the son's way of loving, especially before anything was created and it was just the father, son, and Holy Spirit, all the son did was receive the father's love. It's the only thing he did. All he did was receive. He didn't sort of receive and give back. He didn't sort of bounce it back. He didn't like reciprocate it. Like he reciprocates it by receiving. He only receives the father's love. And then the Holy Spirit is with the Father and the Son. So, so we teach that the Holy Spirit is the bond of love between them. That there's these two persons from all eternity. They've been living in this relationship. And, and the bond of love between them is so strong that it is its own person, the Holy Spirit. And he calls the Holy Spirit, Pope Benedict does, a being with. And why does all that matter? It matters because that's the image of God that we're created in. That that's the image of God that we're created in. That we're all created for love and we're all created for communion. We're all created to live in relationship. Because God is relationship. Pope Benedict says that man, for his part, is God's image precisely insofar as, or we're God's image as long as this is true, as long as the from, or our own being from, our own receiving of love, the with, our own reciprocal love, or our own sort of love where it's, it's more like giving and receiving, and for, our own sacrificial love, constitute the fundamental anthropological pattern. So, so we're all created to love in each of those three ways that we find in God. Like we're all created to receive love completely from another. And we do that most especially in our relationships we have where we're the son or we're the daughter. That all we do is receive love from others. And receiving love from others gives us joy. And we all know, if we've seen little children, that them simply receiving love is a gift in and of itself to everybody else. Right? Like, like when you see like a little two or three-year-old toddler running around, or I was visiting a family the other day, and their youngest child is like three, and he just like walks around smiling at everything, and everybody has joy. And so to simply receive love is really important, and it's good in and of itself. We're all created to be with another, and we experience that in our friendships. We experience that in our marriage relationships. 
marriage isn't always giving or always receiving. It's, it's a relationship in which two people mutually give and receive to each other. And then as mothers and fathers, we experience that kind of sacrificial love where we just like pour ourselves out for those God has entrusted to our care. And it's how we live in relationship. And we've been created in this image of relationship from the beginning of time. In Genesis chapter 1, it says, Let us create man in our image after our likeness. And when we hear that, let us create man in our image after our likeness, we hear it as the voice of the Trinity, of this communion of persons that's existed from all eternity. So that when we were created male and female with the capacity of generating new life between us, we were created in the image of that being from, being with, and being for. We were created in the image of the Trinity. And it's important for us to remember because sometimes we want to live as if God is a mono-being. Sometimes we're Christians, but we live like we are Jews or Muslims because we think that it's okay to be individualistic. Or we think individualism is like the highest virtue or independence is the highest virtue. And any time we're moving out of relationship and into isolation, we're not living in the image of God anymore. When sin entered into the world, what happened is it corrupted that image of God. And most especially, it divided this couple against each other. And so sin always divides and sin always isolates. And that means when we look at our own lives, anytime we're moving into isolation, we're not in the image of God. Anytime we're living in fear, we're not in the image of God because fear is the result of division. And fear leads to that kind of rugged individualism where I can't trust anything or anybody. Anytime we're living in shame, we're moving away from the image of God. Because shame causes us to try to hide from people. And we live in shame in lots of ways, right? We live in shame in lots of ways. Like sometimes I just live in shame because, you know, like I'm in the rectory playing a game on my phone at 10 in the morning and Raylene walks in. I'm like, oh, I don't want her to see me like wasting time on my phone. <laughs> then I pretend like I'm working. Right? It's just like a simple thing, you know, and, and we can live in shame in that way. Or we can live in shame in our own households, you know, like how many of us as teenagers, we ever did something wrong and we, we knew that our parents wouldn't approve of it and we just avoided them for like a week. And, and I hope they won't notice that I'm avoiding them. Like sometimes in, in the rectory, like I'm blessed to have lived with Father Jarofsky for this last 10 months because we've been friends for 21 years. But I've had rectory life where I don't exactly get along with my pastor, and I'd get up to get a glass of water, and I'd be like, oh, he's in the kitchen. I'd rather die of thirst and then run into him in the kitchen. So it's ridiculous. I know this never happens in marriage and family life, right? It only happens to us. But that's when we're moving out of the image of God. 
Right? We're moving out of the image of God. And, and so when our Lord enters into the world, he enters in the world to heal that. He enters in the world to bring communion. And he enters in the world to bring love. Last week we celebrated Pentecost at the coming of the Spirit. Then what was what the division that happened from the Tower of Babel is now like brought together in unity. Today he sends his disciples out saying, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in this name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, baptizing them into community. And so the goal that we have is to move towards community, is to move towards relationship, is to be in love. It's to be in love. That's the greatest longing of our hearts. And our strength as a church is the strength that we have as a church insofar as we're united. And we have that mark of being one holy Catholic and apostolic church. And today we live in a world that is particularly marked by fear and division and isolation and shame and all of those things that run contrary to the image of God. And they affect us in the church. They affect us in our parish. They affect us in our family. And what our Lord certainly wants to do is he wants to undo that division the same way that he undid it at Pentecost. And what our Lord's calling us to do is to participate with his grace in order to undo that division and shame and isolation and fear and all of that that goes on in our hearts. And that starts with being his sons and daughters. It starts with just like, I'm just going to let him love me. And then I'm going to start to share that love with another person. And then eventually I'm going to be ready to pour myself out in love because I've received something from our Lord and I can't keep it to myself anymore. And the challenge for us every single day is that we start to undo that and we we focus on living the image of God in our ordinary lives every single day. Like what division needs to be undone in your own households? What division needs to be undone in your own families? Who's like the family member that you've been meaning to write a letter to for a long time and haven't? Or the person that you need to ask their forgiveness? Or the person you need to forgive? And taking those concrete steps is taking concrete steps towards moving into living in God's image. And as we do that in our own households, as we do that in our extended families, as we do that in our parish then we become that sign of unity that we refer to in the prayers of the Mass today. And it is that sign of unity that the world needs. It is that place of love that the world needs. The world's a mess because we forgot that God is a community. Because we forgot that God is love and we think that we can live as individuals, but we can't. And the more we try to do that, the bigger mess we make. And so today, dear brothers and sisters, let us pray that our Lord send his spirit upon us to to unite us to our Lord Jesus Christ and to his Father. That we come to know that inner life of communion and love that God has given us in the gift of baptism. And most especially, let us pray for the courage to take those necessary steps to heal whatever wounds 
of sin and division and isolation and shame exist in our own hearts and our own families, households, parish. That we may truly be a beacon of hope and a sign of unity for the world around us.